This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Hey there. Because you're listening to this podcast, we at Blue Wire want you to know this. One, we freaking love you. And two, we want to learn more about you. Help us make more content you'll love by filling out a survey you can find in the description of this podcast. You'll help us out a ton, and you'll have a chance to win a Blue Wire t-shirt, hoodie, or a pair of AirPods. We appreciate you, hope you're staying safe, and want you to enjoy this podcast. Hey, 101 fans, Kenny here, and I'm excited to welcome to the program Ben Carlisle from Bleed Tech Blue, the authority on Louisiana Tech sports. What's up, Ben? Oh, not much. Thanks for having me on. Appreciate you having me. Absolutely. Thanks for taking the time out of your busy schedule to, to meet with us, man. We're excited to learn some stuff about Louisiana Tech football today and Conference USA as well. Uh, why don't you get started? How did you get to covering Louisiana Tech sports, and, and, and did you attend Louisiana Tech yourself? Yeah, I actually played uh, baseball at Louisiana Tech from uh, 2011 uh, through 2014. And, uh, you know, I'm originally from Shreveport, Louisiana, which is about an hour west of Ruston. And uh, ended up staying in the Ruston area once I graduated from college, got married. Uh, I've been here ever since. And uh, beginning in 2017, I actually took over BleedTechBlue.com, Louisiana Tech rival site from a good friend of mine mm-hmm. uh, that ended up moving out of the area. So uh, I've been doing it for about going on four years now, and uh, it's something I love doing, and it's uh, certainly nice to kind of get to stay in the world of college athletics, uh, you know, year after year. Absolutely. That's awesome. Well, you're going to fit right in on this show because all three of us are baseball players. So that's, we, we, we grew up playing baseball, and that's, what, that's probably our favorite sport, to be honest. We also love college football and chatting about college football. What position did you play? I was a left-handed pitcher. Oh, excellent. All right. Yeah. Okay. That's, uh, I, I, I hope uh, my future kids are left-handers, man. I always talk about the advantage left-handers have in baseball, whether it's at the plate or on the hill, man. It's awesome. Yeah, um, absolutely. Yeah. Well, that's cool, man. So kind of digging into Louisiana Tech here and, and their 2020 outlook, what would you say the strengths and the weaknesses are with this Louisiana Tech team coming into the season? Yeah, I think when you look at this team, obviously Skip Holtz entering, you know, his eighth year as the head coach at Tech. They're coming off uh, their first 10-win season since 1984. So it's certainly coming off, you know, really the highest that the program's been in quite some time. And I know, you know, in Holtz's previous seven years, uh, they haven't been able to get over that elusive hump and win a conference USA championship. So I think that's obviously the main goal for Tech entering 2020. But when you look at this roster, uh, you lose your quarterback in Jamar Smith, a three-year starter. 
winningest quarterback in program history, a guy that did a lot of good things, won the Conference USA Offensive Player of the Year Award a season ago. But uh, looking at that quarterback position, they brought in a kid named Luke Anthony, a grad transfer uh, from Abilene Christian, and he'll compete in fall camp with a rising redshirt sophomore and Aaron Allen, who got his feet wet in a couple of games mm-hmm. a year ago as a starter. But really, that, that's really the only position on the offensive side that's up for grabs, per se, uh, is the quarterback position. I think the staff feels pretty comfortable uh, with handing the reins to, Aaron, to Luke Anthony and, and allowing him to lead an offense that is just filled with so much talent on that side of the ball. Uh, when you talk about a kid like Justin Henderson had over 1,000 yards, 15 touchdowns, uh, you look at, you know, some of the receivers, Isaiah Graham is a TCU transfer, uh, big-time deep threat. Adrian Hardy uh, had 1,000 yards two seasons ago as a sophomore, took a little bit of a step back as a junior. Uh, Griffin Bears, another kid at receiver, had, uh, I think, a team-high seven touchdowns a year ago. C.J. Powell, Smoke Harris, just there's so many different weapons on the offensive side of the ball, which, I, in my opinion, is why Tech went out and got a veteran starter at quarterback to kind of allow the offense to continue rolling along. So I think that's going to be the strength of the team is on the offensive side of the ball. And I think you'll see them score, you know, upwards of 35, 40 points a game. And then on the opposite side, it's going to be the defense. Uh, And I know you and I mentioned it before we started recording, but, you know, they lose nine starters. Obviously, Bob Diaco, the defensive coordinator, headed off to Purdue. Mm-hmm. after last season, and they've replaced him with David Blackwell, a guy that's been around numerous different places. But, you know, he's kind of unproven in the eyes of Tech fans, I would say. But he's got a good track record. But you talk about the COVID-19, the lack of spring practice, it's going to throw a lot of different curveballs into some things. But they've tried to change up the terminology, stay in the 3-4 defense, allow some of that terminology mm-hmm. to be the same. And I think that's going to be – the biggest key for the defense just getting up to speed, allowing those guys to play together. Because while they are replacing nine starters, they have brought in some guys that have played some football. Gerald Wilbon's a grad transfer, nose tackle from Texas, has played 39 career games. Mm-hmm. Carl Ladler's a safety uh, from Virginia Tech that started a couple of years in the ACC. So they have some guys on that side of the ball that have played some football. Uh, the big key for them will be getting some guys – that experience in playing with one another. Yeah, the biggest thing I love about the grad transfer boom here recently is it allows some of these smaller G5 schools to to get these experienced players in there, like you just mentioned, from these bigger P5 programs, and it really kind of helps level out and even you know some of the parity we see in college football, and it helps them replace these players who left the year before. So I really like I really like to hear that from the defensive side of things. Now speaking of you know, the lack of spring practice, do you think that Aaron Allen can use that to maybe jump Luke Anthony, or does Luke Anthony you think have a pretty strong grasp on the quarterback position, or, or is it going to be a tooth and nail battle? Do you think? No, I think initially it'll be a tooth and nail battle, and I think when you look at the the battle at that position, I think it does give Allen an advantage that he's now been in the offense going on three years now, whereas. You know, Luke Anthony got here for the spring quarter and then, you know, spring practice obviously canceled right after that and hasn't had a ton of interactions with the coaching staff. Mm-hmm. Now, do I think he hasn't been in his playbook and he hasn't been, you know, getting things done on his own? No, I don't. But I think ultimately, you know, once we get into the middle of August, I, I think it'll come to the forefront that it'll be more obvious that Luke Anthony's played 
you know, 2,000 snaps in his collegiate career, a little bit, you know, more advanced in his knowledge of where to go with the football, not turning the football over. Whereas Aaron Allen, he's an extremely talented kid, but he's got to, you know, learn some of the finer details of the position and kind of get up to speed. Because when you look at Allen's two starts a season ago, he had to go on the road to Marshall and on the road to UAB, which arguably are probably two of the toughest road trips in the conference. And he didn't play bad. He didn't turn the football over in Tech. You know, I know the score looked a little lopsided at Marshall, but they were in a one-score game at UAB with the division championship on the line with mm-hmm. a redshirt freshman playing the quarterback position. So he's got the talent to play the position. He just needs probably one more year of development. Well, both have some incredibly big shoes to fill. Obviously, you're talking about Jamar Smith and one of the winningest quarterbacks in program history. And you think about all the other quarterbacks that have come through, Luke McCown, Tim Rattay. Those are big shoes to fill when you're, when you're talking about Jamar, Jamar Smith. And, and him being the guy at Louisiana Tech with the, with quarterbacks as, such as those credentials. Jeff Driscoll is there for a year as well. So it, whoever it is has a big has big shoes to fill. But whoever it is also is very fortunate to have him. You mentioned him earlier, Justin Henderson. Is it going to be his show this year? Is, they, is, is the offense really going to run through him with them breaking in a new QB? Yeah, I think especially early on in the year, I, I think you'll see Tech lean on Henderson a lot more. Uh, than they did, you know, especially in the early portion of last year. They're going to ride him. He's a bigger back at 220, 225 pounds. Uh, not a guy that's going to wow you with his breakaway speed, but he, he gets the tough earned yards between the tackles. Uh, I think he was second team all conference a year ago, and he, he's just such a great story. You know, Tech brought him in prior to the 2018 season in the summer, you know, a late signee. He comes in, and obviously the junior college kids are looking to get on the field. He finally got his opportunity in the middle portion of the year. Ends up having some fumbling issues, which will get you in a coach's doghouse in a hurry. <laughs> then coming back for 2019 was the third tailback entering the year. You look up game three, there's a couple injuries. Uh, another running back got sick, and here he is. It's his show, and he did a great job at taking advantage of it. And I, I think, you, like you said, entering 2020, it's going to be his show. You're going to see him get you know, 20, 22 carries a week. Uh, while Tech really settles in at that quarterback position and kind of finds the strengths and weaknesses of whoever may be back there. There is no shortage of action going on at our exclusive partners, betonline.ag. Sports are slowly making their way back, and BetOnline is leading the way with the best odds and lines for all UFC, NASCAR, boxing, and soccer matches. And if you need even more, they have simulated NFL, NBA, and UFC simulations all day, every day, live on their website. Looking for something else other than sports? Bet online is hundreds of casino games, poker tournaments, and prop bets to check out. Visit betonline.ag and use promo code BLUEWIRE for a free welcome bonus. That's one word, BLUEWIRE. Bet online. Your online wagering experts. So, kind of, kind of switching gears, and I, I've always kind of admired Skip Holtz from a distance. I think he's one of the most underrated coaches we see in college football. Does it surprise you that he hasn't garnered with what he's done at Louisiana Tech? And for those who are listening, I don't know how familiar you are with 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 their history, but he's won six bowl games in a row, and previous to him getting there. Louisiana Tech had been to six bowl games in their entire program history. So from the outside perspective, looking in, what he's done has been absolutely incredible. 
at Louisiana Tech. Does, does it surprise you he hasn't garnered more interest from bigger jobs? And maybe not necessarily blue, jo- blue blood jobs like USC or Michigan or, or, or programs like that, but, you know, middle-tier P5 schools. Uh, I, I think, it, you know, I, I, it's a little bit of a yes and no. I think that he's certainly done a good enough job to get some interest in some of those jobs. Now, he has interviewed at various places. He interviewed for the Purdue job before mm-hmm. Jeff Brom was hired. He interviewed at Missouri this past season before they hired Eli Drinkwitz. So he's garnered some interest. Now, is he the top candidate for a job like that year in and year out? No, he's not. And you could point to a multitude of things. You know, we we see it every year in college football in the coaching carousel. It's the hot new name is always the young Mm up-and-comer. And And I think that's something that kind of plays against Skiffin a little bit, that he's been in the head coaching ranks for quite some time now. But – I would say yes and no. I think he's got some interest. Now, if he turned around last year and Jamar doesn't get suspended for the two games and Tech ends up going 13-1, and I don't think we're sitting here today with Skip Holtz entering his eighth year at Louisiana Tech. Mm -hmm. Now, if the same thing goes for this year, if Tech's able to win 11 or 12 games, I think his run in Ruston might come to an end and he might take that lower-tier P5 job like an Illinois, like like a Purdue, like a Missouri. I think those are the type of schools that are interested in Skip Holtz. But he's done a great job at Louisiana Tech, like you mentioned, mm-hmm. uh, winning six straight bowl games. And he's really done a good job at building the program. And I think that's one thing that Tech fans are most proud of is the sustained success that he's had for so many years. Yeah, it's very cool. I actually didn't realize this when I was doing research on Tech, that they have, they're the nation, they have the nation's longest winning bowl, consecutive bowl winning streak right now at six games, which was pretty neat to see. And being a fan of – I'm a fan of Wake Forest, so I, I understand rooting for smaller schools. And, and Dave Clawson has kind of had a similar track record as, as Skip himself with what he's been doing over there at Wake. So it was really neat to see the similarities, and it just was kind of mind-blowing to see all the success he's had there. Now, for our listeners who maybe who don't get to watch Conference USA as much or, or Louisiana Tech as much, when when looking at the schedule year by year, what are some of the in conference games that they should they should really tune into this year that really gets you the most excited as a fan? Yeah, from a Louisiana Tech standpoint, I think every year the, the two games that are circled on Tech side, especially for the West Division, is Southern Miss and UAB. Those are kind of the two schools. Louisiana Tech and Southern Miss go way back as far as a rivalry, and then really, especially since UAB restarted its program. Uh, those are two schools that have really kind of went at it with each other and really have developed a nice rivalry, uh, not only in football, and, but in basketball as well. And then, you know, obviously Marshall on the eastern side is a school that, you know, Tech fans look forward to playing. Florida Atlantic's had a recent run of success, and they're certainly circled as well. I know Butch Davis has done a good job at FIU as well. So when you look at the eastern side, especially right now in the present in 2020, those are the three schools that kind of, are circled from a Louisiana Tech's perspective. Now, if you go back to 2015, 2016, you would hear Tech fans reference Western Kentucky when they had some of those good programs under Brom, uh, whether it was Mike White or Dowdy or whoever it was at the quarterback position. But really, when you look at it from a division standpoint, Tech fans really look forward to the matchups with Southern Miss and UAB. So looking at the schedule as well, I see, you know, obviously you're at a conference, you have Baylor's the big out of conference game, the fourth game of the season. What are, what are your reasonable expectations for that game? Do you see that being a competitive game? Is, are you a little concerned with breaking into a, new, a lot of new defensive starters and a new quarterback? What, what, what are your thoughts on that? 
I think Tech can go on the road, and I think they can compete with both Baylor and then later in the year with Vanderbilt as well. I think they can compete with both of those schools. Obviously, Baylor had so much success under Matt Rule, but they'll be breaking in a new coaching staff as well. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of questions surrounding their quarterback and Charlie Brewer. And you mentioned, you know, some of getting used to a new quarterback or nine defensive starters. I think by the fourth game of the season, hopefully – you know, tech fans, the coaching staff as well, is pretty comfortable with how things stand and where you're at from a depth chart perspective. But I think that with all the uncertainty that's surrounding college football, you know, especially throughout the offseason, I think it plays to Tech's advantage to be able to go on the road and, and play a team like a Baylor that doesn't necessarily have a tremendous amount of four- and five-star recruits because you, you can ask any Tech fan going back to the Independence Bowl a year ago, when Tech was able to shut out Miami in that game, mm-hmm. there wasn't a huge difference in the quality of athletes that, you know, each team stood, you know, went up against. But the difference in some of these P5 schools versus a Tech school is once you get into some of these twos and threes, Tech just doesn't have the depth to compete mm-hmm. with some of those teams. But I think they can go on the road and, and certainly give Baylor a good game for, you know, three quarters or so. Yeah, those are two those are two out of conference games, especially G five squaring off against P five opponents that I'm really, really interested in seeing. I'm excited. I'm excited to tune into those for sure. What we do here at Prospects one on one is we break down a lot of college football prospects as well as talk college and NFL a little bit. When when looking at the roster, what are some players that jump off to you that you see could compete at the next level in, in the NFL? Any off the top of your head? Yeah, when you look at NFL players on this roster, I, I think first off you look at this tech program that they've built they've had 14 players drafted over the last seven years so they're certainly putting a good number of players into the NFL but looking at this year's roster in particular I would say running back Justin Henderson has an obvious opportunity to put himself on the map as a potential late round draft pick entering 2021 Adrian Hardy I mentioned him a year ago if he has a bounce back year he's he's got the talent to play in the NFL whether he has uh, the drive and the will to get there, that, that's a different question. But he's got the talent to play in the NFL. Adrian, I mean, Isaiah Graham on the other side uh, is a guy that signed with TCU out of high school. Uh, if he gets stronger in during his senior year, he's a guy uh, that could impress some pro scouts. And then on the offensive line, uh, Willie Allen at left tackle signed with LSU out of high school. Uh, big six foot eight, three hundred and thirty five pound left tackle. He, he's certainly going to be drafted in twenty twenty one. I think he's probably a right tackle at the next level, uh, but he's an NFL prospect for sure. And then on the defensive side of the ball, uh, one name that really sticks out is probably Willie Baker. He's a kid that was highly recruited out of Livonia High School. Uh, will be coming off an ACL injury entering his senior year, so who knows what to expect? But uh, he had a breakout year as a sophomore. Uh, had four and a half sacks in Tech's bowl game, really kind of had his coming out party in that game, uh, but kind of took a step back like Hardy did a year ago and will need a rebound in 2021 to get back on the radar of some NFL scouts. But those are really uh, the five or six names that stick out on paper. It's always fun when you get this information like this, as if, especially if you're not particularly a fan of a certain school, to be able to, when you tune into these games, really look for these guys on film, really look for these guys on the tube when you're watching it. So I, I love the breakdown. I love being – I'm excited to follow them throughout the year as well. And as we start to wind up here, I just want to know from the conference as a whole, you know, who, the, who would you say is the proverbial team to beat coming into the season? And where does Louisiana Tech wind up, in your opinion, you know, at the end of the season, if all goes well? 
Yeah, I would say on the Western side, UAB is going to be the team to beat. They, they've won the division two years in a row. Bill Clark's done a tremendous job with that program. And it's not the prettiest style of football. They're not going to be something that can't miss television. But they figure out a way to win football games. I think they've won uh, 10 or 11 games the last couple of years. So UAB on the Western side. And then you look at the Eastern side, I would say it's probably a three-horse race. When you talk about Western Kentucky, Marshall, and FAU. Of course, FAU with Willie Taggart to be in his first year. Uh, the one thing they do have going for them is Robinson returns at quarterback. And we all know if you don't have a quarterback, uh, you're really going to struggle. So FAU, you look at Marshall, Isaiah Green, uh, I think many folks are waiting for him to break out, but it hasn't necessarily happened yet. But if he does break out as a junior, I think they could be a team uh, that could win that. And then, of course, Western Kentucky under Tyson Helton, uh, they found a way to win a bunch of football games. Uh, with a defensive style of football that was, you know, they were really tough to score on. So I would think those four teams, uh, but especially UAB in the West, they have to be considered the favorite. And then behind UAB, Tech's right in there, second or third with Southern Miss. Uh, you know, it really depends on how much stock you put into the quarterback position. I know Tech fans like to give Jack Abraham a hard time at Southern Miss as he started his career at Louisiana Tech. So it, it felt good for the Bulldogs to win you know, against mm-hmm. them a year ago? Or do you look at Luke Anthony and the question marks that Tech might have entering fall campus kind of a problem per se? But I would say Tech's right in the mix. And if they can figure out a way to beat UAB at home, uh, they'll be right up there in contention for a Conference USA championship. Excellent. Well, Ben, I know I speak on behalf of all our fans and all our listeners, man. We really appreciate you hopping on and, and giving us such an in-depth breakdown of Louisiana Tech. I, I got to say it's incredible the amount of knowledge you dropped on us here in such a short amount of time. Why don't you give our fans an idea if they want to inject, if they want to digest some more information, of, you know, from you guys, where they can find you, if they can listen or read read your content anywhere. Why don't you let us know? Yeah, you can come on over bleedtechblue.com for for Louisiana Tech rival site. Uh, it's only nine ninety five a month if you want to come on and jump on and uh, talk with the community of Tech fans. You know, really, you know, every day it feels like we're breaking news this time of year, whether it's transfers coming in or transfers going out or prepping for the season. It seems like we're always busy. So you can also follow us on Twitter at Bleed Tech Blue. Uh, like I said, we'll have all of our content out on there as well. So come on over and join us, uh, BleedTechBlue.com. We'd love to have you. Absolutely. Well, we thank you for coming on. And, uh, and any of our fans, make sure you go check out that site. This guy's the real deal. He does an amazing job. And we hope to get you on the program again soon. You're welcome on any time. We appreciate it, Ben. Absolutely. Have a good one. Thanks. You too. What's up, football fans? This is Pastel from Prospects 101, brought to you by Blue Wire Pods. Listen to us weekly on your favorite podcast platform like Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, and iHeartRadio. Hit the subscribe button and make sure you leave us a five-star review today.